0: You're listening to The Light Weekly, the weekly podcast ministry of The Light KC. If you would like more information about our journey to reimagine church, visit us online at thelightkc.org. As I was thinking about where we would go for the month... Of November leading into Advent, I can't believe the holiday seasons are upon us I was thinking about this concept of being made new and we're going to be in 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 very familiar scripture we're going to be in that that's going to be our core our foundation scripture over the next few weeks but I want us to look at um, what does it mean for us to be new so let me ask you this. How many of you at some point in your life or another have been dissatisfied with your behavior? Like you don't like the way you acted. You're occasionally dissatisfied with yourself. Is that everyone in the room? I know there are a few perfects. So if that's you, God bless you, right? I don't, I don't know about you, but I find myself um, like yelling at my kids, not so much anymore because they're grown-ups. But yelling at my kids that they shouldn't do something, only to be finding myself later doing the exact same thing, right? When they were little, they would be yelling at each other, and I'd be like, okay, stop that, okay, like seriously. And the next thing I know, mom has gone into like mom anger mode, right? And I'm screaming at them to stop yelling at one another. Can anyone relate, right? We don't want to do those things. We don't like that behavior in ourselves, but somehow we end up doing it. And so often we're dissatisfied, we become discouraged with how we behave. And so we might say things like, well, I just need to try harder. I need to be better and maybe even for those of us who have been in church for a while maybe we said this at the beginning maybe there's people who say this now. maybe I need to go to church or find some religion in my life and maybe that will help but I want you to get this I'm gonna make this point several times maybe you want to write it down or like text it to yourself religious behavior may make you nice but only Christ can make you new like, like, coming to church isn't behavior modification. It, there is some of that that takes place. But there's transformation that comes when we have this relationship with Jesus Christ. And so you can go to church and try harder to be more religious, to do all the things that, you know, the church tells you you can do. No matter which church you go to, there's a list of things, religious behavior, and you might even feel a little nicer about yourself. You may even be nicer to a few people, but it's really Christ that makes us new. He transforms us. In fact, when we really follow Christ, we're not just better, but we're new. And so that's where we're going to pick up in our key scripture. And I'm going to apologize because I'm probably going to read more scripture than what will be on the screen. But 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And I'm going to start with 15. It's not on your screen. But it says, he died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves instead they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them 16 so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view at one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view how differently we know him now this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person the old life has gone and a new life has begun This is good news. This is more than behavior modification. This is, I am going to be a new creature. There are some of you right now who may be listening online or in this room who, from a human point of view, know about Jesus, okay? You think, yeah, he was a good teacher. He, he was probably a really great moral leader. He was obviously a nice guy. He did some cool things. And you look at him from a human point of view, which is limited. Now let me tell you about this shirt that I have on. It's 87. It's Travis Kelsey. As you all know, what does this have to do with it? Stay tuned, I'm going to tell you. I was in Phoenix, and I somehow forgot a Chief shirt. Like, I wonder if there's any way that any place in Phoenix would sell cheap. So I called the local Dick Sporting Good and they said, Yeah, for the last three weeks we have started selling number 87 jerseys and t shirts. And I was like, that, That's it? And I'm like, Yeah, that, that's it. 87, and we can't keep them in stock. We get them new. Every day, and I go, okay. So, so I drive myself to Dick's, and I'm like, okay. So I'm picking up the T-shirt, and I go up, and I'm like, hey, I am not buying this shirt because I'm a T. Swift fan. <laughs> and they go, that's what they all say. <laughs> and I said, no, really. And they said, well, we have a test. Great, bring it. They're like, what position? Does Travis Kelsey do it? Easy. That's a tight end. he's like, okay, okay. He said, well, most people, well, he said, no, actually, most people don't know that. And he said, okay, another question since you see, seem so confident. He said, who has been the best quarterback to play for the Kansas City Chiefs? Patrick Mahomes. Other than Mahomes. Oh. And I'm like, oh, I'm guessing you want me to say Joe Montana. Woo! That's right. But you're wrong. It's Lynn Dawson. <laughs> And the young kid goes, who's Lynn Dawson? (laughs) He said, you pass, you can have the shirt. Thank you. Right? Because some people know about the chief simply because of, you know, another situation going on. And I think that's what the scripture is talking about. Some people have an idea of who Jesus is, but when you start nailing it down and asking questions, they don't really have an idea. So Paul goes on to say how differently we know him now. You don't know just about him, but you know him. And it says in verse 17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. This is good stuff. Turn and tell your neighbor, a new life has begun. Say it out loud. A new life has has begun. Notice it doesn't say anyone who believes in Christ because even the demons believe in Christ. And yet they shudder. Sure. But anyone who belongs to him, anyone who is fully surrendered to him, it isn't just better, it's new. The old is gone and behold, everything has become new. I don't, I don't know, know if it, any of you you've ever just had just this experience. Go like go back in time and see people maybe you grew up with or went to school with and... Um, or knew you as a kid, and, and they like to remind you of who you were then. I can go in situations and, and find people that I either went to school with who were adults when I was a kid and would say, wow, Gina, you know, you were so bad. Um, we didn't think you would amount to anything. And, and wow, look at you now. You know, that's not a compliment, right? And if we're not careful, I can do that too. I can see people and think about who they were instead of who they are. And when we are made new in Christ, that old is gone. He's not saying, wow, Gina, I remember 15-year-old Gina. He's saying, I see the Gina of today. And in God's eyes, this is absolutely and completely hundred percent true, not just better by trying harder, but new by the power of God through the Lord Jesus Christ at the last church that I pastored there was, there was this season where we were we were just exploding with with growth, and, and people um, were just walking through the doors. I mean every week it was just this crazy season, and I remember. Um, having coffee with the pastors because there was just no way to know everybody on a Sunday morning. And and we were hearing these stories of, of how people were coming in. And I remember this one couple, their first experience with the church was on a Christmas Eve. And um, the only experience he had ever had Going to church was usually at Christmas and Easter, and everybody was in suits and ties and looked their best. And he said he came into our Christmas Eve service, and there was, like, people in jeans, and they were comfortable. And it just made him feel automatically just so much at ease. And he never left. He just kept coming. And this was a guy probably in his 50s who had experienced church through one lens, but now all of a sudden he was feeling welcome. And and then there was another um, couple who who was raised Catholic, and and they had three boys, and they had been looking for something. They needed something that felt better and, and, and made them like question things and, and go deeper. And, and they walked through our doors and they experienced this worship where people were just like worshiping God. And it wasn't just in a seat and up and down and say a quote and all those things. And, and I could go on and on and just how, how they just felt so welcome. Like every time they walked through the door, these people were just welcome, but not just by people, there was that, but they were welcome by the Holy Spirit. And you just love that feeling. We all love that feeling of being welcomed just as we are. In fact, that is what Jesus was passionate about, that kind of welcoming attitude. He says in Luke 14, and he's telling the listeners here, he says, then he turned to the host. When you put on a luncheon or a banquet, he said, don't invite your friends, your brothers, your relatives, your rich neighbors, for they will invite you back. And that will be your only reward. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Then, at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. What I love about Jesus is that he is constantly inviting those that are overlooked. He is constantly modeling what it looks like for us today as Christ followers, as a church, to not be like the religious people who look down on people who are not like them. And it says it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what you look like. Everyone is welcome. And I want you to know everyone is absolutely, completely welcome in the space. You can come in with your doubts and your questions and your anger towards God. You can come in with your fears and your insecurities. You can come in with all the darkness that we all can fall into and your sins and your struggles but you can still come in you can still buy the t-shirt right and you can get to know him as not modification to your behavior but as someone who will transform your life it doesn't matter the color of your skin it doesn't matter if you've got a lot of money or no ma- money at all it doesn't matter if you have hair or no hair or purple hair it doesn't matter if you have piercings here there and everywhere it doesn't matter if you've got nice clothes or or not nice clothes, as long as you wear clothes, because we have one dress code here, and it's very simple. Please do, right? You come in as you are. And the great news is, although God accepts you as you are, he will never leave you as you are. With Christ, he makes all things new. All things new. I love being part of churches where it is everyone is welcome. I mean, everyone is welcome. During this same time that we're just experiencing an amazing amount of growth and seeing God move, God was doing this this other thing, and he was doing miracles in the lives of people that went to our church. I have a very good friend, and I'm still friends with her, and her name is Donna. And she led our Zumba classes at our church. And she was fantastic. And her and her husband, her husband played on the worship team, and she had been diagnosed with ovarian cancer. And she had been fighting it and fighting it and fighting it. And finally, the the hospital in Philadelphia said, you need to go to another one in New York. We've done all that we can do. And the one in New York was like, I don't think there's anything left to do. And we're going to do one more scan. I'm going to put it through one more and see if there's any like protocols going on out there, and we were praying, and I remember bringing her up and praying over her on Sundays and during the week, praying for her and um, going to the hospital and, and all of these things, and so she calls me as she's on her way to New York City to meet with the doctors who have done the scan, and, and we were praying, and we were just praying for God, for a miracle, we're praying for healing, and she calls me in the room with the doctor, and she says, Gina, there is not one piece of cancer in my body. I remember I was standing in the grocery store when I took her call, and I just remember sobbing because we were not only having people come in and experiencing what it meant to be welcomed by the Holy Spirit. But God was saying, guess what? I'm going to not only show you my power here, but I am going to start doing miracles. And it was just a couple weeks after that, a five-year-old little girl in our congregation was healed of epilepsy. And on and on and on I could go because God's power is so spectacular. And he does great and mighty things because that's what he does. He does miracles upon miracles. He makes all things new. Listen to me. When we surrender to him, he transforms us. He transforms us. And that in and of itself is a miracle. When you think about who we are before Christ and who we are after, that alone is a miracle of his grace and a huge miracle of healing. God is showing us and showing the church the power of being made new. And we get to be made new in him. And what if we begin to see that kind of movement of God here? That he wanted to do something new that we didn't take it for granted, because I know that there were moments in the middle of that that I was taking for granted, that I was for firsthand, firsthand seeing a movement of God. And all I needed to do was be obedient and get out of the way of what the Lord was doing. If we as a church devote ourselves to being made new and committed to being people of prayer, and when we pray, God moves and lives are changed, they're saved, and they're transformed, then we understand that there's something to celebrate. Something new is celebration. We can't take this movement of God for granted. I don't want to wait on a movement of God. I want to be a movement of God. And some of us are quite content to just wait and see, but I don't want to wait and see. I want to be part of what God is doing and where He's moving. And we won't do that if we become so focused on outward things. Religious behavior can make you nice, but Christ makes us new. And when God steps in and transforms our lives, when we see and experience a miracle, we have to celebrate that. And when you experience a movement of God so powerful, nothing else will ever compare. You won't settle for mediocre mediocre anymore. You just can't go through the motions of religious behavior because you have seen what it means to be in the whirlwind of a movement of God. And it's like a taste of heaven. Bumps on logs and stale worship and critical spirits don't cut it anymore because you realize religious behavior may make you nice, but it is only God who transforms. And when you have that transformation and you experience in him, you can't help but say, I want to be part of this, not this. In Colossians 1.9, it talks about the old is gone. It says, we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and give to you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. Your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all of his glorious power so that you will have the endurance and the patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in his inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transformed us into the kingdom of our dear son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Jesus has rescued us, redeemed us, forgiven us, and made us new. This is my prayer for the light KC in the days ahead that we will continually be filled with the knowledge of his will that our lives will reflect his goodness and we will see a new movement of the spirit and celebrate that each week. Now, I understand that it is easy to get sucked in to everyday life, right? It's easy for us To know that we have bills to pay. We have food that we have to cook. We have laundry to do. We have jobs. We have kids. We have grandkids. We have all of these things that just come at us on a daily basis. And yet God is saying this life that I've called you true isn't just about going to church on Sunday mornings. It's not even just about writing a tithe check. It's not just about serving It's about a life transformed by me, that it'll no longer be about you. And look, I got to tell you, there are times that I want it to be about me, that that I would rather just kind of wallow in my junk than do what the Holy Spirit has asked me to do. As I was preparing and thinking over these times and looking back at where I have seen God move in miraculous ways I am not satisfied to never see that happen again I will not have done what God has called me to do if I simply go through the religious motions of what I have been called to do and never see or be part of another movement of God I will have failed and I know there are lots of things that are at us. My, my life is absolutely, feels insane right now. And yet as I remember the miracles I have seen, the lives transformed, God makes us new. It's not just about being nice, looking nice, having it together, practicing our religious laws. That's what the Pharisees did. And they missed Jesus. I don't want any of you to miss Jesus and the fact that he is still moving. Yeah, there are are wars going on. There is poverty going on. There's a chief's game going on that you care about. All those things. But he's still moving. He's still doing great things. Where are you in the moving of God? As we have our light bulb moment this morning, I would just ask you to have a gut check and say, has God made me nice? Is religious behavior made me nice? Or have I been made new? Olivia talked so beautifully last week about this awakening, that we would be awakened, yes and amen, right? That we would be awakened to what God wants to do. Over the next couple of minutes, would you get out your light bulb moment? Have a couple of moments of reflection. What is God speaking to you in this moment? Would you stand with me this morning? As we do every week, we open up the front for you to bring your burdens, your requests, your praises. You can bring your light bulb moment. You you can, whatever this space needs to be for you. But as we go into this time of prayer, I just encourage you to be open to whatever the Spirit is speaking to you. That we not remain stuck in whatever behavior, whatever religious rules, whatever Whatever, you fill in the blank, that God would propel us to move. And we would see a movement of God so powerful that we'll tell the stories for generations to come. Would you come this morning? Father God, I just thank you so much that we can bow in your presence, believing you are a good and holy God who pursues us, who loves us, and transforms us. God, we want more than just a head knowledge of who you are and and we wanna be more than just nice. Anybody can be nice. We can follow religious rules, we can do all sorts of things, Lord, but until we allow you to transform every piece of us and you give us that hope, that the old is gone and the new is here. God, would you just continue to make us new? God, I pray in, in these days um, ahead that these just wouldn't be words that we heard, but Lord, that we would really respond to whatever it is you're saying in our life. God, I, I pray right now over Sam Purdy. I pray, God, for um, peace and um, rest and comfort in the days ahead. I pray for Von Lord, as she continues to uh, take care of him and be by his side. And Lord, we know that finding devastating news is never good news. And so I just pray that your peace would surround them in, in these days and that your hand of healing would be oh so close. And Lord, we pray, we continue to pray for Amy They are in the hospital. And we ask God that you would guide her family as they make decisions and the care team taking care of her. Lord, we know there are many, many requests from family situation, job situations, health situations. And Lord, we just lift those up to you right now. And we ask that your name would be glorified in each and every one. We ask you for wisdom pray, Lord, that your wisdom would just be very close and that we don't take one step outside of your will. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you would like to connect with us, please visit our website at thelightkc.org. More information is available in the show notes.